Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Arthur Boya. Welcome to the first episode of the Deprogram podcast. Um, I'm an anthropologist and historian, and uh, I've kind of, uh, throughout my studies, seen that some things didn't quite add up, or it seemed like some things were left out of history. So we're going to explore that. Um, also have uh, is Steve over here. Steve, just introduce yourself briefly. Hey, everyone. I'm Steve. I am a designer and engineer and I'm just a, a lifelong student and I'm interested in all sorts of interesting things. So I'm happy to be here uh, joining you for your first podcast. Awesome. Okay. All right. Well, let's just jump right into it. So what we're going to get into today, it's called um, cymatics or you know, a lot of people just call it acoustic levitation. Um, the reason we're talking about this is because uh, a lot of people, including myself, believe that that's how the pyramids were actually built, that there's some lost technology um, using sound. And um, I got some uh, interesting things uh, lined up for you. So let's um, let's just okay. jump right so into this it. This is called cymatics. And it's you said it's it's what is it again? Uh, cymatics. Um, I forgot the gentleman who coined the term in, in the 1930s or so, but uh, acoustic levitation. Right. So using sound okay. to levitate things. Gotcha. So um, I'm going to play this video here. Um, where this guy's doing this, uh, you can see this little study here, and I'm just going to explain for our listeners. He's got, um, he's basically levitating these tiny, tiny balls that are maybe a quarter of an inch uh, large. He's got two devices, like two speakers, one at the bottom and one on top, and he's able to change the frequency. And uh, we're just seeing these balls levitating in the middle of the air. So this is... Uh, obviously possible um so is that video, is that being sorry to interrupt yeah, you, that's being done only by sound or is there any magnetic component nope. to that? it's it's sound only just sound um and in the longer video this video is you know it's like maybe 30 minutes he actually explains that um they say they can't do anything larger and something nasa told him not to which is always interesting but they can't do anything larger because the sound will uh, it'll like kill the people involved. Um, I personally don't buy that yet. Don't do but, it because it'll kill you. That's totally yeah. incredible. So reason. I just want to show a couple other um, examples of people using sound. I just randomly found this video. It looks like somebody that's in, uh, uh, I don't know, somewhere in, in Russia or something doing this, but they have a, a totally different system and they're doing it with rocks. Um, so you can see this right here and he's just, got him on this cabinet looking thing and the rocks are levitating so that's pretty cool and then i'm well, going to well, show okay. this um really quick though yeah so you just showed some rocks on top of these platforms mm -hmm. and you hear a little buzzing sound and they lift up yep um okay so how is there any uh like, I don't know, but I, I feel like that that can potentially be, you know, faked. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to. So the, the one I showed you, the scientist doing it. Um, yeah, that's that seemed legit. Know, that definitely legit, seemed right. Yeah. So what I'm going to show you next is I'm going to show you some guy that did it in his garage. Um, and yeah. he uh, <laughs> it, it, it basically let's just start the video. But it basically looks like um, a trash can that's just vibrating very strong. Um, so this is, uh, you know, this is vibration, which sound makes things vibrate, but he's actually just this things. He basically turned the trash can or whatever this canister is into a big, you know, vibrating speaker. Um, okay. So let's see. 
So let's see this. So it's 175 pounds. He's moving it with one finger. Okay, so it's not that hidden of a technology if this guy can figure it out in his garage. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because so, like, if you think about something vibrating, like let's say you're trying to push something heavy on the ground. Mm -hmm. And then exactly, if, you, yeah, right? if you introduce vibrations, that's lifting it up off the ground and allowing you to exactly. push it while it's airborne. Yep. And uh, just to jump back, because, you know, I, I believe that actually are a lot of the myths we have from the past, a lot of them are actually, you know, maybe they're a little exaggerated, but I think they're actually, there's a lot of truth to them. Let's just, let's just, you know, not brush them off as, as myth only. And um, how they say they made Stonehenge um, was they, I think it was Merlin <laughs> had a wand that he was able to use and to levitate the stones and he could just stand there and just levitate them. Um, so that's, that's interesting. Now we're going to get into uh, the Tibetan monks that uh, apparently can levitate these stones. We don't have the video because apparently it got confiscated, but let's, I'm, I'm going to just show you a quick clip of them actually um, using these large horns. They, they're, uh, they're like the ones that, um, you know, when you think of people in Sweden with those long, like horns <laughs> that they have, um, they look the exact same. So let's just play that video. So you can see those Tibetan uh, monks. They're, um, well, they're what was that? Hold on. What was that? Uh, can you go back to the video with the monks? Yeah. So it's just, he just has like a two second clip. That's kind of why it's. Oh. <laughs> okay. You hear that? Actually, let's, let's do that again. You, you hear the sound of the Tibetan monks and then the guy in the yeah. garage. It's kind of similar, right? <laughs> yeah it sounds like he's he's just like farting to be honest yeah yeah it does kind of sound like him. uh so, but yeah they're both vibrate they're they're both low pitch vibrations exactly so i'm gonna just read a quick excerpt here um so basically there is a uh book called bridge to infinity um and this swedish doctor who studied at oxford dr carl um he was studying at the uh the egyptian pyramids in 1939, and he made a trip um, from Egypt to Tibet. And there he was seen by his uh, messenger of his friend, a Tibetan friend, and urged him to come to Tibet um, to meet the High Lama. Okay. So, anyways, um, on one, on sorry, one day his friend took him to a place in the neighborhood of the monastery and showed him a sloping meadow, which was surrounded in the northwest by high cliffs. In one of the rock walls, a height of about 250 meters was a big hole, which looked like an entrance to a cave. In front of this hole, there was a platform on which the monks were building a rock wall. The only access to this platform was from the top of the cliff, and the monks lowered themselves down with the help of ropes. In the middle of the meadow, about 250 meters from the cliff, was a polished slab of rock with a bowl-like cavity in the center. The bowl had a diameter of one meter and a depth of 15 centimeters. A block stone was maneuvered into this cavity by a yak oxen. The block was one meter wide and one and a half meters long. Then 19 musical instruments were set into an arc of 90 degrees at a distance of 63 meters from the stone slab. The radius of 63 meters was measured out accurately. This is very important, apparently. The musical instruments consisted of 13 drums and six trumpets. 
Now, this is where it gets like really kind of crazy and like maybe woo woo or whatever. But anyways, behind each trumpet was a row of monks. When the stone was in position, the monk behind the small drum gave a signal to start the concert. The small drum had a very sharp sound and could be heard even with the other instruments making a terrible din. So like those um, those horns, we just heard them playing. Right. Mm-hmm. All the monks were singing and chanting a prayer slowly increasing the tempo of this unbelievable noise during the first five minutes nothing happened then as the speed of the drumming and the noise increased the big stone block started to to rock and sway and suddenly it took off into the air with an increasing speed in the direction of the platform in front of the cave 250 meters high after three minutes of ascent it landed on the platform continuously they brought new blocks to the meadow And the monks using this method transported five to six blocks per hour on a parabolic flight path, approximately 500 meters long and 250 meters high. From time to time, a stone split and the monks moved the split stones away. Quite an unbelievable task. Um, So there were, I'm going to just skip to the end of the paragraph. Um, The film showed exactly what they had witnessed. The English society for which Dr. Carl, Jarl, sorry, was working, um, confiscated the two films and declared them classified. They will not be released until 1990. Sounds like typical, like what the Smithsonian does when we find stuff. Um, Were the films uh, released in 1990? We don't ever know. We never actually got these films released. So um, So who is this according to, like, who wrote this? Um, so this is in a book called The Bridge to Infinity from Bruce Cathy. Now, um, I, I, I kind of was, uh, there was a couple other people that, that say they've seen this as well, another German, but I, I didn't have time to put all, all that together before this. But um, for our listeners out there, just literally dive into this. This is a fun wormhole to go down into. It's really cool. So I just want to show you here is actually the image of uh, how they lined up. So what we're looking at is we're looking like a, a, the, the guys with the trumpets are in a, in a crescent shape. And then you have a couple hundred monks behind them and they're chanting. Um, just remember this, uh, this, you know, this uh, combination of sounds seems to be kind of important. We're going to talk about the pyramids and also uh, uh, the Coral Castle in Florida. And there seems to be a lot of uh, similarities. So it shows how they... Uh, when they, they line the trumpets up like that over the rock, it, it seems to focus all of the sound into, into that rock um, so that they're able to move it. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's pretty trippy. And then here you can see how, how far and how high they were able to lift it. So if this, is, if this is diagrammed in such a way or documented like this, why hasn't anybody tried this? I think, look, I think... Um, well, this is a, a, like, I don't fully know how to do it, right? Like, I don't, I don't, I mean, we can read this, we can read this document and this, this thing here, but we, we don't have the, the, the knowledge that these Tibetan monks have had for thousands of years. Like, I'm sure we could, you know, maybe if we did 10, 20 years, maybe five years, I don't know, of trial and error, maybe we could get there, right? Um, but, and, and there are some people, and we're going to get into that with, um, the coral castle in florida that that did some stuff like this and they basically said they know how the how the pyramids were built and they they built this so that'll be a little bit just towards the end of the episode 
So again, it's, it's one of those things that just makes you really, really think, um, you know, is this uh, one of those things that, you know, who knows governments or whatever are trying to keep from us um, because maybe it's technology that they're using. We know that they have, uh, you know, they've been talking about this, telling us as, as, as civilians that they have um, sound technology when they need to disperse, uh, if there's a riot or something crazy like that, that they can send sound waves and basically um, stop people in their tracks. And that reminds me of stories in the Bible um, or also uh, the Emerald Tablets of Thoth, the Atlantean, who apparently was the one that built the pyramids. He said he was able to stop all these humans that were running at him that were trying to attack him. He had this wand and he was able to stop them with sound. And then he spoke to them in a calm voice. And he basically, uh, they basically all submitted to him after this. So if this technology is real, and I think it's got legs to it. I think there's some, you know, validity to that. It seems to be one of those technologies that whoever has it, it's like, it, I'd keep it a secret, right? If I was a government and I figured this out, I wouldn't tell anybody about it. Why though? Like, why I mean, would they not tell anybody about that, but they'd tell people about nuclear fission and fusion and. Well, same, same reason that they don't tell us about a lot of stuff. Like, um, you know, like, for example, we have lots of evidence. I mean, we saw seen the uh, UFOs at the beginning of the pandemic in 2020 that they're showing us and they're openly telling us about. Um, and they go in and out of the water. Uh, and we have patents for those, actually. The, the U.S. Air Force has patents for those. So they're, they're saying we don't know what they are, but maybe our military doesn't, but the secret military does. You know, so there's I, I think there's different levels. We obviously can't know everything about it. But um, it just I, I can understand, like, if it was if it was like a really, you know, advanced weapon system or a propulsion system, like what you're seeing in those UFO videos. But this this seems like this doesn't seem like it would translate very well to propulsion or weapon systems. Right. This is like you're just moving objects through sound, which, like you mentioned, like you can maybe use it as a crowd dispersing technique technology but you could do other things as well it just doesn't seem like it's like well mm -mm. so the other thing real quick on that uh tesla um when he was at the the new yorker hotel uh so after his death by the way the fbi raided his place and they they kept like 20 of his chests so they took a bunch of information that he you know a bunch of science he created and they they just kept it right um mm -hmm. there was a time where he uh Apparently he had this device and he tried to match the vibration of the building and he started doing it. And as he started doing it, they heard a crack and he asked his assistant, like, yo, what the heck? And they basically turned it up and the building started making these creaking and cracking sounds. And apparently it got so bad that he had to smash it and break the machine, the, the vibration machine, because he wasn't able to just turn it off immediately for some reason. Um, and the police and ambulance show up and he told his assistant, listen, we need to just tell people that this was a, uh, this was a, uh, earthquake. Right. And he didn't reveal that what he did until, you know, 20, 20 years later or so. So again, now going back to mythology or whatever you want to call it, but in the Bible, there is, uh, Jericho, 
um, it was taken down with trumpets. And I remember hearing this as a kid going, that's crazy, man. That doesn't work. Well, if you can use this to lift rocks, you can also use it to collapse buildings. You could surround the city and just use sound. You don't have to have any nuclear radio, you know, fallout, and you don't have to have it to where nobody can be there in a year. And you can use sound to, to match the vibration of the buildings and collapse them. So I, I think something like that. I mean, I don't know. That's why we're... Yeah, but you can also use a cruise missile from miles away versus having to be within a certain distance of sound. So True. I think, I mean, I'm not saying that it, it, it doesn't have value. You know, like if, if, this is, if this actually works, yeah, it totally has value and it's really cool. But I don't, I don't see the motivation to hide it necessarily. Maybe I'm just not thinking about the, 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 the possible use cases, you know? Yeah, exactly. So anyways, let's, let's, uh, let's keep going on because we got a couple more examples to get into um now i'm, I'm going to kind of shift and we're going to go to egypt right so we were in tibet now we're going to go to egypt um and before we go there i want to show you this um i don't know if you've ever seen anything like this i'm going to just start in the middle of the video and i'm going to explain for the listeners if you're not watching um they're doing a cymatics uh, sound acoustic uh uh, experiment and basically they have a plate and they can vibrate it at a certain hertz and on top of it they put sand or salt and every hertz every frequency has its own specific design and the higher you go up in frequency the more complex the designs get so here at 345 we're going to just start real quick and it's just like a simple i don't know, you know star shape and then as it gets to a thousand, it starts getting more complex, lots of circles around. And I'm just gonna watch watch these more complex shapes. And I'm gonna pause it when we get the specific one that we're gonna touch on in a second. So the shapes are getting more complex. So we're almost there. think this is the one yep so this particular shape looks like uh, for our listeners looks almost like a cross and then from each corner of the cross like the you know uh, it there's another diagonal going out um it looks and, like um you know the sesame street there's like a sesame street character who had a nose that looked like those where there's where he does what there's like a Sesame Street character whose nose it looks like. Really? <laughs> no, like I don't know. It's like four. I wish I knew the name of it. It's like so four. I'm just curious. What, do, Steve, what do you think about just seeing this? I don't know if you've even seen this before. But what do you think about just seeing the vibration and how all of a sudden it, it gets more and more complex? I'm going to just jump forward just to show you what it looks like at a very high frequency real quick. Yeah, I think it's crazy, dude. I mean. So it's, it's pretty interesting, right? Oh, Totally. Um, so let's, I'm going to stop it right here. So the reason I, I, um, I did that was just to, um, just to kind of, you know, get to the next point. Um, so this is a hieroglyph in Egypt. Okay. And I took this from, uh, Billy Carson's forbidden knowledge book. This uh, particular hieroglyph is, uh, a pretty common one. If anybody watches, you know, shows about Egypt. Um, but 
you notice that you notice that big circle in the middle does that does that um kind of look like the uh the frequency we were just looking at over here um i mean the fact that it's a cross does but aside from that no and, and the diagonal is coming out too let me see the other one again so i'm gonna i'm gonna go to another one where it compares oh, yeah, the, diagonal, the diagonals kind of but more so it looks just like a star with like light coming out of it that's mm -hmm. what the Okay. So just, you know, um, just humor me here and let's just, let's just pretend. So now what we have on the, on the left here is we have the humans. They were the ones that were working and building. And then on the right, we had the pharaohs or the gods or whatever. Um, interesting. Also look how much bigger they are. They're like 12 feet tall, um, which we're going to get into giants in another episode. So we don't need to get into that today. Um, but what it seems that this uh, person is sitting on a chair and it's a little blurry here, but what you have underneath the chair is you have two lions and they're facing in opposite directions, which uh, denotates some kind of magnetic polarity. Um, and then this field amplifier device. When I see this, it, again, it brings me back to the myths and the legends, but that, you know, Merlin, um, Thoth, they had these kind of devices in their hand that were able to do something with sound, right? And then here we see this uh, the circle that's showing this frequency that's, you know, it, it's debatable how similar it is, but uh, I think it's, you know, pretty similar. And then underneath it would be the rock that they're levitating. Um, and they're showing us that the one guy is lifting it with one hand. Um, over here behind them, you have two men that are whistling. They have flutes. It's just a little hard to see. So, um, that, that's really interesting to me. Um, and I'm going to compare that with the photo that we just saw. So if you can see a little bit more directly, like it's not a perfect match, obviously, but, um, yeah, the that, thing is there's the inside the crosses, like, like each of the four, like arms of the cross, the lines are going in the wrong direction. Right. Wait, where are you talking about? You talking about, so like talking about the one on each the hieroglyph or the below it? The one, well, the one in the hieroglyph that's supposed supposedly representing that sound pattern. Each point of that four-pointed star has lines that are running directly out of it instead of horizontal. Like I'm kind of confused to what you see. So I see the star. The, yeah, see the see the top. Look at the point of the star. Yeah, that yep. right there. Yep. Look at the lines inside that. They're they're moving outward. Yeah, I mean, they're, oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. And then over here, what we're looking at is, yeah, they, 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 they cross yeah, they, over too. They cross over. Um, but when you look at the overall image, like the, you know, it still creates the star shape, right? So yeah. with the lines on the inside, yeah, I see what you're saying now. That, that makes sense. I, I get it. That, it that's true. Um, but there's, you know, it's, it's not 100% the exact same thing, but it's. But the, also the interior, instead of being a square, is a circle. Yes, I noticed that as well. Yep, that's very. What do you true. call those things where they used to get in Egypt, where they get water at? Like uh, they use like a leverage device to pick up buckets of water. Um, so it's like it's like there's a pole. Mm -hmm. It looks exactly like that, to be honest. It's like there's a pole that comes out of the ground, and there's another pole, like a fishing pole, on top of that, and there's a weight on the back of it, like a brick, mm -hmm. and they use that to like to easily pick stuff up, like out of the water. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Um, I, the I name don't list. think they would make a hieroglyph out of that to tell us um, what. Well, they could be lifting oh. a really big, a really big. Um, it could just be like a big one, like the size of uh, a crane. Another thing I wanted to point out again: this is this is a little blurry photo. Um, so for our viewers or listeners, you know, definitely dive in on this one. Um, but right here is actually uh, it's a the, a the moon. So it shows the moon at a certain uh, crescent. Right. So I, I'm I'm wondering in my brain, I'm just just thinking out loud here. Is that does that mean that when they do this stuff, it has to be at, at a certain, you know, uh, lunar phase. And then there's two other frequencies next to it um, that match this frequency, if that's what we're looking at. Right. So. Um, yeah, that's kind of interesting to me, um, because some of these stones that we're talking about. They're. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're extremely heavy and uh, they didn't, they didn't lift it just with using, you know, their hands and, and stone. There's definitely something uh, forgotten there. Um, and then this is uh, just a, a quick photo. Can I, can I make of, a, um, an observation though? Yeah. Well, actually on the topic of, we don't know how they did it. I, I totally mm -hmm. agree, but if you like the, those stones, like could be also moved by using um, rollers and elephants. Mm, maybe I mean some of these stones. Um, some of these stones are it, it's they're not just so a lot of them were two and a half tons, but some of them were a lot bigger. So there, there's also ones in um, again on the other side of the world that were one thousand tons. You got a 1,000 ton stone, single stone in Peru. Yeah. That's on top of a they mountain. Have, they don't have it's elephants. On top of a mountain, right? Yeah. How did that thing get there? Yeah. Like, how would we get it there today? Like, yeah, we could probably do it, but man, the amount of money and energy and like, and they had tons of these rocks up there. Yeah. That's, that to me is so, more perplexing. Like yeah. the, the pyramids, like it could be explained in many ways, but an elephant is 20,000 pounds. So yeah. like. You know what I mean? Like five. Yeah, six. yeah, yeah. But it's it's uh, yeah. So I mean, these are explained in many ways, but the ways they also explain it mm, doesn't make sense. And then the pyramid, um, where they they a lot of times they say there was a ramp that came up to the pyramid. Well, that ramp would have to be bigger than the pyramid itself. Um, and then other people say that they built ramps around the pyramid. Uh, I've heard even another theory that the ramps were inside of the pyramid at a seven degree angle. So, um, I mean, that's kind of the purpose of this podcast is just like kind of piquing people's curiosity as like, hey, what's going on here, you know? Um, so another quick photo I want to show you is this is down in Florida. It's called the Coral Castle, okay? It was built by a guy that was, uh, he was like five foot two and a hundred pounds, frail, frail old man. Um, he built this completely by himself. And all the locals and even the kids would try to like sneak over and see what he was doing. But he worked in complete privacy. All they knew was that he, um, they would hear whistling. So that whistling brings me back to Tibet and brings me back to the Egypt thing. So I think that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and another thing that's interesting about him is that he used this somehow as well. 
And when I see this, uh, we're looking at basically a massive tripod that's probably about 40 feet tall. Um, and he was combining whistling with that. Um, when I see that, it reminds me of, you know, seeing this, this thing that's, it's lifting. If this is what they're showing here, if they're showing levitation with, with uh, ropes here and something holding the ropes, it seems very close to this device here, this tripod. Um, well, why would they need the purpose of holding it, you know, uh, assisting a little bit? Because um, the, the thing, the goal isn't to, it's not make it weightless, as we saw the guy in the garage. The goal is to significantly reduce the weight, right? So mm -hmm. um, that a person could be able to move it with stones, or I'm sorry, with ropes. So that that's kind of the, I guess, the theory behind it. Um, yeah. And then... Yeah, I think it's very... I think the demonstration the guy made is the most compelling from what I've seen so far. The guy in the garage, um, right? Yeah, because like the scientists can do that, but that's with very advanced equipment, which I mean, who knows? They might have had, but yeah, we, we just don't we just don't have any physical evidence of that, right? Yep. From that period of time. Um, now with the vibration, that could very well be produced with enough manpower, you could do it. And if you direct that on, on some sort of object on the ground. What's happening is in, in those vibrations, it, it's it's getting airborne, very little bit, mm -hmm. multiple times every second, and every time that it's airborne, it makes it it takes away that resistance from underneath, you know, the the, the slab against mm -hmm. the ground, and so I could see that as as being a, a, a way to like you said reduce the weight as far as like, you know, levitating stuff and making it fly up in the air. Um, I'm not really, I can't say I'm not sold on that one, but I, you know, with the, with what they had back then, but I'm, not, but I'm, that being said, I'm also open to the notion that, you know, we've been visited by aliens. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, Look, so me personally, all this help. stuff. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No. So I'm saying if that's the case, who, if they have, if, if, if we have been visited by extraterrestrials in the past, then who's to say that they could not have assisted in some way with, with advanced technology. Exactly. And, and, and the purpose of this uh, podcast and all, pretty much all the episodes is, is to peak curiosity and to just go, hold on, because some, some things don't add up. Um, with the Tibetan monks lifting these stones 500 you know, uh, meters, or sorry, 500 meters distance and then 250 meters in the air. I mean, that's, uh, that's like two and a half, that's over two and a half football fields, right? In height. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. That I, I know how crazy that sounds. Like I'm not a hundred percent sold on it either, but it's the, the thing is when I see the guy in the garage and then I see the Egyptian hieroglyphs and I, and I see all these things that, that don't quite add up, it leads some credence to it, you know? So um, that's, that's, what's uh, really interesting to me. Um, now what I wanted to show before we, before we wrap this up, or did you have any other uh, things you wanted to, no, I no, I think let's let's see the next one. So the other thing I wanted to say is after all this, you know, ideas we've had of levitation, and, and I'm glad you brought up aliens. Um, we will talk about those in other episodes, but um uh there's a hieroglyph um in Egypt. I forgot exactly which city it's in. I want to say it starts with a P, but anyways, it's about uh 30 feet up really high. Um and Look at what it shows. 
do you see anything that you resemble that you that resembles you know modern day technology yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> no you can't <laughs> yeah so i see a far- helicopter i see uh, yeah. a yacht and then i see uh like a maybe like a, a type of plane like a fat little plane or like a spaceship and mm-hmm. then i see let's see i don't know what the other stuff is <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know what the other yeah, I have no so, idea. I mean, if this was carved, you know, a lot of people, general, generally people will say this was 4,000 years ago, whatever. Um, I, I tend to believe it's a lot older and we can get into that on another episode because it's a, a lot of, uh, you know, rabbit holes we got to dive down. But regardless, um, what the heck? <laughs> like, I mean, that's obviously a helicopter. What do you see? What, what, tell me what, what those are. Yeah, I see a helicopter, um, and it's it, it reminds me of the military one that's literally has that opening that if I think it's for like lifting, you know, like they use it for airlifting a lot of things. Um, yeah. I do see this boat. Um, it's a pretty nice boat actually. I like it. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd like rock a, that. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, underneath that, I see it's either a UFO or what could be potentially. Um, well, actually, I was going to say submarine, but we saw the Tic Tac last year or two years ago. Uh, a, a UFO can be a submarine and we call them USOs, uh, unidentified submersible object. So I think uh, that could be both. That could be a submarine and a flying device potentially. So what about yeah, below that's, that's what I've seen. I just, uh, it's just fascinating, you know? What about below that? So I like, have no idea. What am that I looks looking? like a gun pointing up in the air, like a hand. Oh, it kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, then I see columns. Yeah, I wonder what those are. Yeah. And then the right right between the helicopter and the boat, I see a wolf uh, howling in, you know, at the at the sky. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that that particular thing is, but um yeah. So um yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all I got for this podcast right now. Yeah, it's hard to th- now that so this is the most intriguing thing to me so far. That's um, why I saved it for last. <laughs> Yeah, like this is a stuff where you just have to ask yourself, what were they trying to say? Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, I, I think they're like, hey, we have these things. But then what are the other like, but it's like it's still not clear enough because you have the, the other stuff on the on yeah. the bottom left. But just, just for our viewers, you, you do think that the the helicopter and the, the boat are like that's clear what those are though, right? It is, but it's not necessary. Well, it, it's clear what it looks like when compared to modern day device things, right? Yes. But then it's like the like the boat could very well be a building, mm-hmm. you know. And so, that's the thing that's getting me to think is it's like I, I don't know. Like it looks a lot like modern day stuff, but then like you know some of it doesn't. The, the UFO thing looks like. I mean, I don't know. That could be anything. That could be a fucking salad bowl with a, you know, servings with some tongs halfway in. You see that? It looks like a serving bowl and then you have a pair of tongs on the end of it. Yeah. So I'm going to show you one more thing before we finish here. And it's called the Saqqara bird. They found this in. um, Yeah, you've seen this, right? So this is another, again, another part of the world where they also had, what the heck? <laughs> this is not the one I'm looking for. Um, I spelled it wrong. That's 
Oh, come on, man. Just do Egypt. Do like, okay. Yeah, I'm going to just zoom in on this so I think people can see that fine. Um, so this is what they found in um, – it was found in a – oh, it was in Egypt. For some reason, I thought this was in the, in, uh, in the, the Mayan uh, empire. But, yeah, so this was in Egypt. And, again, um, it looks kind of like a bird um, made out of wood. The top of it, though, has completely straight wings, not like a bird, so more like an airplane. Now, the interesting thing is they've made models of this and it flies. It's perfectly aerodynamic and it flies. Yeah, but that I can make anything fly. Like I'm good with, you remember, I'm good with like make like making planes and stuff. Like, yeah, I can make yeah but what I'm I can saying make is a we, fly. we think that, um, you know, all these things, all these technologies that we have today are brand new. And I'm trying to pique people's interest to going like, wait a second, maybe it's, it's not all brand new. Maybe some of this right. stuff has been around for thousands of years. So um, and we, we lost it. I feel like we've lost, like we, we were at a higher level of civilization and then we fell. Well, we've done that a few times. That's, that's not that? new. We've done that a few times in history, right? Like, exactly. That's, that's, that's what I'm getting at, basically. It's not even debated. Like we've went through dark ages. Like that, yeah. it, that's a known thing in yep. human history. The thing yep. is like with this bird though, I've seen this before and, you know, it was an entertaining topic for ancient aliens and stuff they're like you know they'll bring up the talking points of the wings look different and it can it's perfectly aerodynamic but the reality is that like if you want like there are many things that are aerodynamic they couldn't they did, if, if you just reproduce that by itself and didn't give it ailerons or flaps on the wings and you didn't position them accordingly and you didn't give it a, pro, a, a propulsion system it's not just going to fly that's actually not true they, they actually built it exactly to scale and they, they put a, a little engine on it and they were able to fly it. No, it's not. They, they, it's not. They had, they had elevators and they also had. Um, yeah, but there, there's a broken off piece in the back that seems right. to be where the elevator was. Right. But that, but they don't know what that piece looked like. They don't know if that was representing legs or like, as is the way you look at it there. It, um, if you just blow that up, we don't know, like, and even if you, and I'd be, I'd be willing to bet, but we'd have to look at it from the side, but the weight distribution of, of something that flies is very important because you have to have a little bit more weight ahead of the, the, the wing area, right? So the wing that's going to, whatever service is going to provide lift, you have, have, you have to have weight in front of that to prevent the stall. That's how you can glide. Mm. And so there's, there are things with that there's assumptions they're making. You can't just blow it up without knowing what is, you know. Well, I mean, it didn't, it doesn't work. I've, I've heard that argument. I could tell you it's, that's not accurate because let me give you an example. You can give me a pizza box, just a flat pizza box. And all I need is an electric motor, a power source and a way to control the flaps. And I could make that fly straight up. Yeah. And a pizza box wasn't designed to do that. So what I think this is, if you ask me, I think that it's possible that the Egyptians made little gliders. That's not inconceivable. That's not even high tech, right? Kids in elementary school can make a paper airplane. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a very, it's a, a very good point. Um, but you know, when you tie it in with all the other stuff that we are just fascinated, how the heck did they do that? Um, why do they have hieroglyphs of helicopters? Yeah, that like, that why, why they, is, so is, so is more confusing. So yeah, like I, I um, you know. I get it, but get back to the Sakara bird, the, something was broken off in the back. And I mean, knowing what we know today, like 
with uh, you know airplanes, it makes sense that a uh, you know scientist would go, hey, something broke off. They probably had an elevator. Could, yeah, it could. That's been. a pretty accurate guess. Is what I'm trying to get at. I guess. Yeah, it could, and that very well could have been. But we we don't know the shape of it. We don't know a lot about it. And the thing is, um, let's say that it was a wing, right? Well, that would only suggest that they they figured out how to make a glider. You know, which yeah, is yeah, cool. no, 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 true. Again, these are all uh, clues, right? I'm only bringing. I'm not. There's nothing that's a hard, conclusive evidence. Because um, if it would be, it'd be in the news, and we'd all be talking about it right now. But right? so, is that what is that a clue supporting? Is that supporting like some sort of like that they, that they, they had were... they had knowledge of aerodynamics and that oh, they yeah, yeah. how to fly. Yeah, so, so again, Egypt, Egyptians were thousands of years old, and I remember. Uh, when they're talking about the Renaissance and like uh, Leonardo da Vinci had designs for a helicopter and, 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 uh, and, you know, uh, and I heard stories of people trying to, you know, fly and make like little bird wings and stuff. And like, they didn't know how to do it. Right. Yeah. And that's thousands of years. Aborigines did though. So, so what I'm saying is like, yeah, kids can do it now, but kids now live in a world where there's airplanes and, and we understand that. Right. So just be, because, kids can do it today it doesn't mean that children or even adults back then could even conceive of even though it's simple and like we could go back in time and grab some papyrus that they had and turn it into paper airplane and we might blow their mind right so it, it's it's yeah it's just one of those mysteries you know that we just uh we got to keep searching you know so yeah no no and and, and when you talk about like um you know ab like ancient you know civilizations having knowledge of like aerodynamics look at the aborigines and boomerangs right yeah that, that's a very good point that's a very good point but, um, it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they knew how to fly or, or do whatever so very true very true know. good point man uh yeah i like this i like this uh you know this uh this two-sided view of it because it's very good for people to look at everything um with an open mind and also at the same time um look at is this possible and also be a little skeptical you can't just believe everything you see you know what i mean you have to question everything um so i think that's really important so um yeah that's pretty much it i think that wraps up our first episode uh unless you, you got anything else you want to no no i'm good i'm good man awesome man uh yeah thanks so much steve for uh, joining me for this first episode and i hope our viewers and our listeners uh enjoy it and we, we got more more topics that we're going to delve into and, and they're all going to be, uh, you know, uh, I guess we, you want to call them mysteries, you know, and we're yeah. going to try to uh, present some evidence that'll open up some, uh, you know, doors in your mind and make you kind of think twice about stuff. And uh, we'll let you guys decide. So uh, thanks again for joining us and uh, we'll have another uh, podcast here shortly. So thanks again, everybody. And right. uh, thanks again, Steve. Take care. Yep. All right, man. All right. Bye.